back to Alice. This is the third segment of Over the Green Line. And today, really why I wanted to ask, uh, sort of fall, it's not, not it's that same theme, it's not less political, I'm going to say, uh, than, our com- than our conversation before, but I think it's equally important, and I think it's something that sort of ties in f- because of what I, it's what I was thinking about as we were talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the question itself, I'll go into explaining afterwards, is what is it going to take? Uh, and and I, I actually want to frame this in two different ways because I don't really want to say what is it going to take, but that's a question that environmentalists have been asking all the time. And I really don't want it to seem like uh, we're environmentalists who are like, we are yelling at you all the time and you're not understanding, why don't you do something about it? Because I think that's a concern. Yeah, jerks, we're not doing that. Um, exactly. <laughs> um, because like because I would like to know also like... Uh, I'd be interested also in the failures that the green movement has that has had to make the fact that all of these things have happened not enough, mm. uh, because that's a that's a really important part too. It's you know it's here we are and here are all the crazy things that are happening and each time something happens it's like this is another example of what's going to happen more later but nothing seems to there's no tipping point uh, to borrow a different phrase uh, right. but a more a more climate based phrase. But there's no tipping point in actual public opinion, at least not yet. We haven't seen anything like anything that can happen. You can have massive floods in Calgary. You can have Hurricane Sandy. You can have anything. But there's no tipping point because that sort of is like, oh, shit, maybe we should do something. I, I think it was uh, something I was thinking about recently, which is that people like to make that uh, comparison to um, the World War II effort. So there's a thing in a, and about the massive change to like just overnight, essentially the flipping of American industry and producing this massive military juggernaut. Yeah. And and there are a lot of references been made to that's what we need to, to have a clean energy revolution. Is that? But the difference was is that there was a clear and present danger. Now you might say, now wait a minute, there is a clear and present danger: climate change. Mm-hmm. But climate change doesn't have a gun in your face. <laughs> And that's where I, I almost wanted to make this my question, and I'm sort of glad that you've given me the opportunity to use this because I sort of prepared this as well, which is that, I don't know, I think that the thing is, uh, first of all, two parts, uh, two-part answer to your question. First of all, where I was going with that, so I won't let myself get yeah. track, was that, um, which is that I think that there is a place now in, in 2013, almost 2014, uh, you know, people have always been very cautious about, well, we don't want to seem too alarmist. Look what Fox News will say about us. Fuck Fox News and stop being fucking afraid of those idiots, first of all. Uh, so I think there is time. I think now is the time, like, people say, well, don't want to panic anybody. Fuck you, I'm fucking terrified, man. I think it is time to panic people because that's when things happen. You know how it's not like, it's not like that when the, 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 the war effort in the U.S. happened, they're like, well, potentially in 20 years there's a chance that Germany might invade Poland. No, they were already guns and st- they were already tanks in the streets and... Yeah. That's what happened, and that's the response. And you're not going to get that response without the thing that caused it. Mm-hmm. The thing is, we do have that situation, and, I, and people who are paying attention know this. So start saying so. I don't know. I think I think it is time for panic. I think it is time to panic people because that whole thing about people don't do anything when they're panicked, at this level, at this scale, that's total bullshit. Well, the type of panic that they're talking about is you know yelling fire in a crowded theater. Right. Yeah, that's because that's a very short, immediate, reactionary response. We're talking about panic in the... Oh shit! I can see the train coming, but I have four or five minutes to do something about it. You know, even if it's just not get my entire body in front of the train, and maybe my only my leg gets run over. But you know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. I think that's kind of bullshit. Mm. And so the other end of that too, though, is that change in society seems to, at least from my very limited, I'm not an anthropologist or a historian, but from my limited remembering of either of those fields, um, or knowledge in either of those fields, is that. The change seems to happen in lurches, 
mm. a lot of the time. And so I think what we're experiencing is because so much of this green movement, which has had you know momentum stopping and starting and whatever, but essentially is a snowball that's been sort of riding since like the early 70s, essentially, or the late 60s in some senses, but very much you know Silent Spring, that whole kind yeah. of stereotype slash fact. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, about that, about the sort of modern environmental movement and what does that mean and all these questions is that I think that this has constantly been building pressure but what it's bumping up against is the uh, the wall of embedded interest and about the status quo and so I think when you're seeing now we're saying well environmentalists we've been working for so long and nothing's happened I don't know if that's true I think there's this building pressure and and you've and you sort of got the oil companies terrified they're never going to let you see it but I think they're scared shitless mm. I think they're scared shitless because they know it's coming and they're, and they're not sure how to protect themselves and their wealth right. and to protect all their interest in their investments. But I don't think I don't think they're naive about the fact that the clock is ticking on them. Mm. I just think they're trying to figure out a way to maximize their profit in the meantime right. by lying to us about what's going on. Uh, but I don't know. I think I, I think that just because we're not seeing aggressive change today doesn't mean tomorrow there won't be aggressive change. Right. I think this is something that will explode and happen overnight. Mm. Uh, and I think that part of the way to do that is that more and more people realize that we should, that there is tanks rolling into Poland right now, uh, in an environmental sense. Right. Uh, I don't know, but what do you think about that? Uh, it's interesting because uh, I've been one to come out against the idea of trying to instill panic. That's something I've been I've been general against, uh, largely because I've seen it. I guess I've just I, I've seen it as a sort of. It it never feels right to me. I guess to some extent mm. it always and I always feel like. I'm always worried about overstating your hand, mm. uh, and then and then getting pounded back because you did it. And you've brought this up uh, before, and I think yeah. it's very valid to bring uh, up here. So and, 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 like, you know, I think that got cut out of the first episode. So why don't right. you retell that story? Okay. Um, I, which story? I'm sorry. Uh, the one where you're saying the, the about the percentage of uh, uh, the people that are experiencing an average winter thing that you said during right, the first yeah, episode. Yeah, that we right. about, about the Grist article. The right. Grist article I really hate. Yeah. And it's, I, I would love to actually get your co-host, Kevin. Uh, I, I, I'd be hard to sort of a dialogue on that one because I mentioned he's very passionate about the fact that we've talked about that in the past. That would be a three-hour episode. Exactly, yeah. Um, look around for that one. <laughs> a mini-series. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah. Like, I, I, that, there's an article to explain quickly. Quick, quick, there's an article on Grist which was, the basic premise was, if you're over or under the age of 27, you've never experienced the cold of an average month. Uh, which, in global average mean temperatures, is true. 100% true, that's been the case for the last 27 months, 27 years, uh, but every single person on the planet has experienced colder than average once, mo- one month. There's no question. The, the way localized weather works, that's just a fact. Hmm. And what bothered me with that article was sort of, I could see thousands of people going up like, man, can you believe this? And then there's being all these things being like, wrong. Utah had a whole year that was really cold, or wrong, this had this. And if every single place, localized place, can say that's incorrect, I think it does a disservice. And I really don't, I, I think it really does. The, the effect being is that, is that you're, they're misstating, they're using the wrong language. Exactly, and because yeah. of that, people who are looking for a reason to disagree with it, you're, you're handing them a reason to, to even strengthen their, their belief that climate change isn't a concern. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And I think... And, I think even though I'd like to, I, I would wish it wasn't the case that we're still actually battling the PR battle of is this really happening or not, even with, you know, the 95%. There's still 3% support. of scientists. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, 3% of scientists, you know, who knows what that means. Um, scientists. Yeah. Well, you know, the fact that, the fact that climate, change, climate change is a man-made uh, phenomenon is as well known that cigarettes are harmful for your health. It's conspiracy. You admitted it. Yes. Um, well, you know, the same people, scientists who believe against climate change are probably the same scientists who are actually believe that 
Uh, cigarettes are, are not harmful. I was oh. just going to say every single one of them smokes. Yeah. Like, great minds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, they, there was that well, actually very interesting uh, article. I think it was done by... No, article. I think it was done by CBC uh, called The Denialist. Mm-hmm. Uh, denialist Agenda. Denialist... Oh, I forgot what it was exactly called. Uh, but basically, uh, maybe if I can remember, I'll pop it up on the screen right now. <laughs> um, but the idea, is, was, the idea was basically that it was actually you could see the people who were denial dying that cigarettes about their health the same scientists then moved on to being climate change deniers mm. so there's all these scientists who sort of were like thought this one thing and then once the money shifted they sort of shifted into climate change and that was sort of the way and a bunch of the same guys are doing the same sort of and they thing. all drive brand new BMWs well exactly oh, um, yeah who knows um, <laughs> but I think that that alone is really is really is, is really important really interesting um, I, I, I brought up my question because I really wanted to sort of mention this really, really funny idea of um, I'm reading a book by Nate Silver called uh, The Signal of Noise it's a very popular very famous book uh, it's a great book uh, I enjoy reading it if you care about models and statistics it's really interesting uh, but the one thing in it was in it he, write, he wrote it in about 2010 I believe maybe 2009 um, but in it he sort of goes on about how people don't really believe in climate change because a lot of the things the models have predicted haven't happened yet and one of the two examples was the New York, Lower Manhattan, getting flooded. And I was in New York a week after Hurricane Sandy, and all I saw from the southern southern Manhattan were people throwing out furniture because of the flood. <laughs> and it was like, and I, I was, I, what is it? And I was like, when was this? Huh. Now I, I was just like, I was like, talk about the one option to choose out of like all these other weird things that could happen. You literally chose them that two years after you wrote your book actually happened. Nice. Um, and it was just like, and the, like, if that's not if that's not going to get people going, what is? So uh, why do you think? Why do you think it's so hard to communicate then? Like what that even is then? Like why do you think there needs to be people sort of making up? I mean, uh, as you understand it, we're sort of a misphrasing of a fact yeah. rather than a made up fact, but. Call it a made-up fact, right. because as stated, it's not true. Right. Why do people need to do that, then, if, if we have all this good information? Because, like, yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't even, I'm sort of baiting you, but in the same yeah. sense, I really don't know. Like, is it just because people prefer sound bites, and, they, and they're just sort of bad at editing them? Do you, like, I think, in my opinion, I'm thinking a lot of time people will read a more complex article that will have that subtlety right. laid out in it, yeah. and they just take a mental snapshot of an overview, and mm-hmm. that's where that happens. I think yeah. if people probably leg- reading legitimate kind of fully explained facts and then trying to sort of soundbite them mm-hmm. themselves and then oh soundbite's nice and easily memeable and, and before you know it everywhere and nobody knows where the original the original founding was yeah. but I, ju- I think with there, at some extent there has to be an understanding of the fact that no issue in science full stop can be explained by yeah. a soundbite and that you're sort of an ex- at least when I hear when I, I anything shorter than like you know a few paragraphs is is potentially leaving out important details. And so yeah. I just don't take any sort of sound bites to be literal fact ever yeah. when yeah. it has to do with science. But maybe this maybe this is not what most people do, and I, I think probably they don't. Yeah. Well, I think, honestly, I think a big part of that... What, what also bothered me was that I thought it was ineffective mm-hmm. in that I didn't think it was going to change any minds. I didn't think that... Because everyone everyone who already thinks climate change is a big deal will share it. Be like, whoa, this is scary and crazy. Don't you already agree? Yeah, yeah me too. Exactly. And that was my... It, it felt like link bait a little bit. It sort of <laughs> like, and it was interesting. The article itself sort of went to like, this is not exactly true, but I sort of explained it. But that wasn't the headline. Um, and, and it wasn't even sort of the... It wasn't even the first paragraph. It was sort of... The, that was sort of thing. Um, but, but when you... But like, that was my thing. It was like, if I didn't think climate change is a big deal, I would read that and I would be like... 
Yeah, but that's probably something kind of like I, like the cynical reader who I think you should be a cynical reader of the news would read that cynically and then actually correctly think it's not as bad as they stated it. And I think that you should be you should you should write news stories that a cynical reader would read and then not be and then be wrong. You should if you're going to write news stories, you should write news stories that hold up to the cynical read because all news today has to be read cynically because all news has a bias. Right. And you are smart to read things cynically. And I don't think the, if the environmental things seriously are like really, I just this is more of a, a begging for all media <laughs> generally. But if you, I want, I, I would like you to be able to create something that a cynical reader is wrong to be cynical, or you, you've, you've covered your bases with a cynical reader. And th- I think well, there's a show I won't get into what it is, but there's a show that I've been watching for quite some time that, that has a very, uh, it's on YouTube as well, and it's a very antagonistic. Uh, thing in that there's people they, they entice people to call in that are vehemently disagree mm. about stuff it's not important I won't get into <laughs> what it is um, but it's it's a very much like a, an argument show and gets people sort of in direct mm. connection with people who, who vehemently disagree with them right. and one of the things that you'll notice this show's been on for like 11 years uh, on YouTube and uh, or sorry it hasn't been on YouTube for 11 years but right. anyway it's been around yeah. for about 11 years and one of the really interesting things about it was that as a longtime viewer of this program it's the same fucking questions mm. so commonly. Like, occasionally there'll be new people. But to the point that the, the hosts there are, uh, have, like, stock answers for stuff now because right. there's something. But I think that's really, really important because I, you, if you told me, I don't know, anything, make it up, uh, you just found out that methane is actually one of the biggest ways to, like, solve climate change or anything. It doesn't mean it doesn't have anything yeah. to do with climate change. Just yeah. something that I found very dubious. Right. And you handed me a 47-page document full of, uh, you know, like, science speak mm-hmm. that I don't understand. Yeah. Explaining why this is the case. I wouldn't fucking read it. Are you kidding? Because I have no incentive to. Because I already, like, as far as I'm concerned, I have 99.9, for all intents and purposes, certainty that you're wrong. Oh. And it's so much work for me to do work that, as far yeah. my point of view, is to... Somewhere in there, there's going to be a hole. I know it's there. I don't give a shit about enough to find it, so I'm not even going to read it. Yeah. Right? And I think that's a lot of the attitude is that is what I think is so valuable and why I think it's so cool that these guys have continued doing the show even though they're answering the same bloody questions over and over and over again is that in some sense as a live human being that the person who in our from our position is wrong in this case the climate change denier or someone else who just doesn't think it's very important or doesn't you know, we don't we're overreacting we don't need to deal with it you know anything short of my position which is that we need right. extreme and urgent immediate action on right. it um, is that is that we're basically asking them to, to do the same thing. Um, we're asking them to, well, you haven't read the IPCC? No, and I wouldn't either if someone who I disagreed with, like if I didn't, if I thought as they did, I wouldn't yeah. fucking read it either. So why can we expect them to? Yeah. So I think it's incredibly valuable and important to have a, a place where th- those things are accessible, and I think it only works that way if it's two-way, mm. which is why I don't even like newspaper articles for... Any th- any kind of mind changing. I don't think it, it serves any purpose mm. because it's too it, it sh- designed to be short enough and easy to read to be acceptable to read. But by definition, by doing that, oops, that's not important, folks. That's a real blooper for you. I'm gonna let that drain on the floor. No, no. There we go. My hand waving. <laughs> Mr. Electronics, though. So back to what I was saying. There may or may not be a cut there. Uh, we'll see about it. Yeah. Uh, was that. Essentially, the point is that uh, an, an article is sort of designed to be easily readable to the point that you you pull out all of it's. You're sort of creating something that can't be true, can't be literally true, right. because you've you've given it too little space mm. 
and its intention is to be readable and entertaining and do all these things other than be factually correct. Right. Uh, such that you're not because of that you're never going to change anybody's opinion with it. So I think it's a it's a very interesting way that when you have an accepted news source, like for instance, I'm highly, highly trusting of The Guardian. I think The Guardian is an exceptional newspaper, uh, not just because of George Mombiad, who I don't always agree with, but I think he's an an example of an excellent actual journalist. Uh, I think The Guardian does a stellar job. So in general, unless something is directly in contradictory to something that I strongly believe, if uh, if it's either in agreement with something I already agree with or if it's something in line with something I would already agree with, I don't generally question it. Right. Now, that's not just because it's left and I've decided I'm left right. and gone like this, but it's because I've, I've gained trust for it. Yeah. But I think in that sense, it's they're only really good for doing that. I think mm. Fox News serves the purpose of people have accepted it as the most trustworthy source for information, mm. and they accept it unquestionably. And yeah. I think that we have to admit that we all do that mm. oh, yeah, uh, to sure. a certain extent. And, and that's why I don't think that's it's a good way to sort of if it's an issue where you feel like you've worked it out, people are just going to read the sources that they want to read, and they won't listen yeah. to other sources. And which is why I don't think that's even a medium to be used to change right. people's minds at all. Yeah. I think an interactive two-way conversation is the only possible way to do that. Now, that doesn't have to happen through live, but I think comment sections or reply videos mm-hmm. or interactive or, or a phone radio conversation or a live meeting or a panel discussion with Q&A, mm-hmm. those are all the situations where you can possibly get somebody to think and change their perspective. Right. Because if you are, we'll assume that you know you're correct. Mm-hmm. You can find opportunities to find out where exactly somebody else is making their their error and attempt to correct them right. in it, or they might correct you or whatever. Right. But that's the only way you can change people's minds, in my opinion. I think it, I think you're dead on on the idea that confirmation bias and that idea sort of behind you didn't say confirmation itself, but the idea of confirmation bias. I'll give something your nose. Huh. Um, uh, confirmation bias is interesting because it's sometimes it's something you have to do. Uh, because it's, sometimes it's not even wrong. Like, confirmation bias is a funny thing because you've sort of done X amount of research. So if something falls into X amount of research and is continues with that research, then you just sort of, you know, if you're taking a very um, Bayesian approach of, of, of understanding sort of statistics and quick based on that, sort of, you have a percentage uh, idea of how much of something is true beforehand, you have a percentage of how much this new piece of information changes that, which updates how much you think you should be able to predict, is sort of the mm-hmm. idea of the Bayesian approach. Um, which, again, is in the book that I'm reading. Um... But if you're taking that kind of approach, then if something goes against your goes against what you think, it will change your view uh, less depending on how sure you are of your thing. And that's both, I think, the necessary way of going about things because, like, just because you get one thing that's the new information that 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 goes against it, you still have all this other information you have built up behind you. So it's a weird sort of it's way you have to go about things, but it's also sort of like it's also has a negative. You can't fully do that. I think yeah, in most places at most time is highly useful. Yeah, I mean it's like well I don't know should the, the the last lion tried to kill me, but this one I don't know I should reserve I shouldn't reserve judgment. Exactly. No, you fucking run, man. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. That totally makes sense yeah. in most cases at most times. So yeah, exactly. So like so what's to say which way you should go about things? Um, interesting that you want to attack print you know, in a in a sense that you think that you don't think that has a value because I think. I've always felt the way I love writing. I'm, I'm, I'm a big writer. I, if I, whenever I can, I write because I think I think I'm stronger when I'm writing than when I'm speaking. Uh, I think I think about my. I, it's more I can sort of I can go back and delete sort of thoughts. I often when I'm speaking, I'll say something I don't believe and then spend like three minutes later having to clarify what I've said. Whereas with writing, I can sort of get it out exactly how I mean at the beginning. Um, and I would argue that writing is very very valuable and very very useful when you can do it in a way which admits where you aren't certain mm-hmm. if you can admit your uncertainty throughout the piece and if you can sort of explain 
who you are before you get to speaking. Uh, that's one thing that we're that that, uh, that on our on our on our website and our blog I didn't want to get into is I think there's value in knowing the person behind what's writing because then you know exactly how to take what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, so and, and and then you know if uh, so if someone's generally sort of like if you know someone generally is, has an environmental bias then you sort of know X Y and Z about them and sort of how they see the world it helps you sort of better understand what you're reading mm-hmm. um, and I think the idea of and you, what's interesting is now you sort of get these different... Like, often I read a piece and I don't know what their biases are. I don't know how to react exactly to the piece because I don't know what the agenda they're trying to push is. Mm-hmm. Whereas I have no issue with someone who I know, like, you really think these things are big issues. Uh, and so I know where you're coming at. And then if you're talking about something else entirely, I'm like, okay, let's let's think about this. Um, or, 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 or at least I know... Or if, they're, if they... I know they're environmental. I know they're, that's what their, their bit is. And I, but then I trust them on the stuff that I don't know so much about. I think that's really interesting. I have a friend uh, who I once asked. He he does a ton of economic stuff. He just he's just really into economics. And I asked him once. Uh, someone asked him once. Um, who like I don't I don't know enough economics to know what, who I should follow. I don't know. I don't actually understand enough economics to really know who I agree with. Basically, mm-hmm. and the in the in the best advice he he got uh, was basically. Choose the economist who agrees with you on the things you actually know about, and just presume they're right on everything else, <laughs> um, like on the, on the really economic heavy stuff. Mm. And I think to some extent, everyone does that for everything. Mm-hmm. Like I have friends who I know know about X, and so I, when when I don't know how to react to something, I'll be like, okay, I don't know at all what the situation is in. Kenya. Um, so, how should I feel about this about this terrorist attack? What's important? What's going to happen, etc. And whatever they tell me, fact. Because I'm not going to do the like as I said, I'm not going to do the kind of research. I just find my experts who I can actually trust, who I agree with, so, who I understand, and sort of, and you can explain to me well enough. And then they're my they're my go to sources. And I think that's the sort of interesting that sort of we're seeing happen more and more in our uh, in our society. Especially in sort of all the, the, the ways the, the people we run with. I don't know if run with us is the term I can ever use correctly. <laughs> I just did. Run for the earth, eco chase. Yeah, I think we have a theme yeah. of moving quickly. Okay, there we go. Um, but yeah, but like, I think that's really, uh, uh, like, I think that's an interesting way we're moving towards mm. is, I was mentioning this to someone else recently, about I watch a lot of media, or I, I take a lot of media, but a lot of the media now I, I, that I take in are, is created by people who aren't a part of the mainstream media. Mm. You know, there are people like I have a friend who does a podcast. I listen to his podcast. It doesn't have anything to do with anything, uh, but I, I listen to it just because it's like you know, it's, I like hearing what he has to say about stuff, and it's interesting. Um, and I and I think we're moving more towards. I think I think at, you know, the YouTube YouTubers, as I said, mm-hmm. are very similar to this sort of idea. Um, in that sort of, they're just people doing things, and that's what they're doing. Uh, which is, which I think is, uh, I think all of this is a very, is, we're moving in an interesting direction in this space, and I think that's a, I think it's valuable. I think there's, a, I think there's a way like, if you can find people who don't really have, you know, because people who don't have the incentive to sort of be weird about things, um, or like, you know, you don't have the incentive like I need to, I need to get, I need to scare you. So, but if they don't have that incentive to scare you and are willing to be like, all right, these are the things how you should feel about them. Then you're like, okay, I can I can take that, and, I, and, I'll, and I'm more likely to take that kind of immediate sort of this is just how things are, and I'll, right. if, if they can offer me nuance, uh, then I'm way more likely to believe it. Which I guess going back to the very very beginning we were talking about, 
I think that's the value of not scaring people, is that if you scare me, I'm going to be taking you in the lens of this is your agenda. Mm. If you offer me nuance, I'll actually listen. Difficult. <laughs> difficult difficult perspective. Cause I, and, and I think it, it all comes down to, I, I don't think there is, I mean, in reality, I, I think the, the truth is that there isn't a right way to go about it, because right. I think some people are going to respond to one technique, some people are going to respond to yeah. the other. And so that's sort of where we end up with the situation we have now, where we have 10,000 environmental splinter groups all doing different things in a different way and appealing to different people. Uh, And I think that has a very, very powerful effect in the sense that you're connecting as many people with a message that resonates or a message or a way of doing it in in a way that resonates with them. You're getting more of those folks. Uh, I think the Achilles heel of that strategy is that way less gets done. Um, I'm much more a fan of... Uh, you know, sort of concerted effort and everybody getting on side, and maybe that's sort of my. Uh, I, I some not everybody apparently gets this, but I used to like to say that I'm a liberal that barks like a conservative, mm. in the sense that that's sort of more what they're known for is that sort of lockstep, like okay, like this, this, and this are priorities. Everything else be damned. We're getting this done, mm. and better or worse, they've been very successful at that right. recently. And and that sort of maybe maybe it's just envy of power, envy <laughs> in the sense that I wish my guys were in charge. Uh, not that in any sense there are my guys in Canadian <laughs> politics. I'm certainly not going to vocally, specifically support any Canadian party, just for the record. Uh, but, you know, I mean, maybe it's that. I don't know. But I think that's sort of where I think they're like, okay, we've been trying this sort of like thousand splinter group approach, and I think that's some really positive stuff of get done. But I'm more thinking at like, in the sense of that as a business manager, almost right. like, here's a list of things we have to get do. Here's the due date for them. Uh, it's quickly approaching and nothing's happening. So time for like cracking the whip. Uh, you know, no, 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 we've almost got it. And like, no, fuck off. You've had 30 years. Like, right. shut up and, okay, we're going to try something else here. We're going to try scaring the shit out of people because I don't know what the fuck else to do sometimes. Right. And, it's, and I think it's partially that. I think it's partially frustration that I don't think giving the stuff we're already doing just a little bit more time changes anything. Right. Uh, you know, I think it was uh, uh, it was Einstein or something who quoted the definition of insanity as doing the same, same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That's very much how I feel like this the, is that the environmental movement is very stagnant in a lot of ways. Uh, I think that most of the inroads that can be made with those types of strategies have been made, and it's time to capitalize on those. And that's where it's not that I think that they've been doing it wrong and my idea is better. Right. It's that I think that the time for that strategy is was appropriate and is finished and now we need a much more aggressive okay now we've put out as many tentacles we've got as many people interested through as many little different facets and and ways that to appeal them as possible now's the time to go okay now we've got you all on side let's have a huddle let's fucking make some stuff happen yeah. because i'm sick of it and maybe and of course everyone else should bow to my opinion but <laughs> no, I'm, just I, fucking, I, I'm sick and tired of it <laughs> I, really, I really actually um i really think uh what I've found was interesting talking to everyone I've talked to and reading about all the different things I've read about, it's all very interesting, um, is there is a there's a feeling amongst environmental groups, at least in Canada, I, I don't know how environmental groups in the States feel about these sort of things, um, but that... Oh, we can pretend to speak for everyone if you okay. want. Okay, well, yeah. Whatever you like. I don't know. Uh, well, I, I don't, again, <laughs> like, like, this is, again, this is environmental groups in Toronto. I haven't really talked to people in Vancouver. Right. Um, but everyone sort of accepts the idea that there's we have these huge huge uh, gaps between all the groups. We have so many. Like I know so many groups. I was talking. I was actually talking to someone uh, uh, recently about this um, about the idea that I I'm interested to know how many people are actively involved in the environmental movement in the level of sense that they're 
doing something, say, three, four times a week in it? Um, and how many groups are really actually run by one person? Mm. Or like 1.5 people, say. Um, and, and I think what's so interesting is I, I, like there are so many groups I know of that, 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 that like, I guess because of the way you have to be as a donor-based organization, you have to give this face of seriousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I don't want to name specific organizations. In this. Hey, that's what the vest over this T-shirt is made of: recycled plastic bottles. Exactly. It's my vest to make people look serious. Well, exactly. Yeah. And 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 if I can have the Green Side campaign, one thing we've always we felt our mantra basically has been "fake it till you make it." Yeah. Uh, you know, let's let's have a legit looking website. Let's let's put these things out. Let's speak like a full organization and not like two underemployed people and two students trying to do the best they can. Mm. Um. Which luckily this is thirty minutes into a video, so no one's really going to get. The- no one's yeah. watching by no, now. Exactly. <laughs> um, and people watching now aren't going to employ us, anyways. Ah, uh, good point. Um, but but like we uh, still love you. <laughs> we still love, we love you. You're just not going to give us any money, uh, which is good because uh, really that's that's why I figure free is valuable. Um, but like what I find so interesting is this: the idea that there, how many truly, how many people are really actively and fully engaged and fully fighting on these sort of issues. Um, and then how much time is actually spent just trying to keep your own little silo alive? Hmm. And there's so much money out there going, and there's so much donor-driven money out there, which is the biggest thing, I think, is that, which is why the Green, the Green Side Campaign doesn't accept donations from... Uh, we, never, we never started actually trying to elicit donations. Uh, your organization is different, it's a different because it's people, which is, I think, a different thing, a, a very, very different than corporate. Because uh, corporate nations have a very specific... You know, the fact that like, I've talked to people who have written grants and, like, they spend most of the time responding to the grant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've talked to organizers and she's like, yeah, we spent a year planning this big conference and then the donor pulled out and then so our entire year was wasted because that was what we were doing that year. Yeah. And, like, the idea that I just don't know how viable that is and I don't really know what I, what I would... I would love to see some sort of concerted effort to actually sort of... Let's go find the 30 to 40 people who actually run these organizations. Let's get them in one room, and let's figure out a plan. And duct tape um, them all to chairs yeah, and say, well, listen, guys, well, and yeah, girls. Exactly, yeah. Well, like, to be I, fair. Like, like, yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> from what in my experience, it's probably more girls than guys. Actually, and, and while we do a PSA for uh, environmental education, by the way, uh, fellas, in case you didn't know this, the vast majority of environmental students are women. <laughs> just so you know, just a fact. Yeah, it's oh, a fact. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 uh, I would say it's a yeah. You, you, I, I, met, I meet dramatically more women involved in environmentalism than men. Absolutely. Um, which is a, which is you know, I think generally women are more right about things. So I think that's probably, <laughs> probably part of it. Um, but but what I find is like I would love to sort of if like I'm I'm the more immersed I am in the Toronto sort of understanding the people who were in summer and the more times I see the same set of people out there. And it's like, oh, I know 80 of you out of this 95 people here because we've gone to these things, the same people going to these things. Uh, because it makes me wonder, I've, I've had a funny conversation, and I, since now we've given all pretense of, I don't know what we're doing with this film anyways, um, <laughs> it makes me wonder if there's a second tier of, mm. of environmentalism in Toronto or environmentalism in Canada or environmentalism in the world, which sort of, we know the people who are sort of all these sort of smaller fighting guys and then there's these groups that are so much bigger than us that actually are legitimate or like not are legitimate but like have like a full office and full sort of funding I guess Sierra not the youth coach but Sierra sort of the more the bigger version of Sierra Um, and like I don't know what Greenpeace exactly Greenpeace is more 
there's a different sort of agenda than these guys. Um, but Klein came out recently in an interview and was like, all of these people got in bed with the industry and all of it was wrong. Mm. Um, and I don't know if I, I, I would love I would I'm interested in the idea of whether or not being that connected with industry actually makes this, like is that access or is that or is it is it is it is it is it selling out? I think I, I think it's quite literally a double edged sword. Yeah. Uh, but for that reason, I think it is. I think the only possible answer is both, mm. which is it's the chicken or the egg problem. You can't have access if you don't work with them. You can't work with them and. You, yeah. you can't have access. With that access, you can you can almost then not do anything. Right. So my argument has almost kind of always been: so then why bother? What's the point? Really? If you okay, now we can do stuff because we have uh, you know accessibility and access to services, or, or sorry, access to resources. More importantly, a, aka money. Um, now you can't do anything with it. Congratulations. What have you accomplished? Yeah. Um, but I think was, uh, what, what I sort of wanted to hone in on, which, you're, which is your point, which I sort of maybe use as a minor commercial sort of, right. essentially is that what we're trying to do and why I t- like to use a lo- uh, language on, on our website about um, the sort of being your green lobbyist and that sort of idea is that part of the idea, like we've, we've been going around and, and providing sort of some help services for not nearly what the job is worth, but they, right. know, they know that, <laughs> so it's not like I'm doing anything. Yeah, we're providing very underpriced uh, services for what they would normally be charged. And part of the reason is that, yes, we're just looking for some, uh, for some stuff on the old resume uh, to keep doing this, but it's also because we care. I mean, we wouldn't spend right. all of this time doing it for something if we thought it was all for a waste of time, right? right? Even if it did sort of give us something to put on our resume, we wouldn't bother yeah. doing it. And it's because it's useful. But one of these things that, that I think gets wasted is, you know, when each, if your goal is to fix environmental problems and not just to exist, mm. right? Like if, and and I always pick on Greenpeace, so let's pick on somebody that everybody knows <laughs> that I do like because a very good friend of mine was on recently right. who was in the organization, which yeah. is Edie. So let's pretend to pick on environmental defense okay. for a second. You know, if, if, if environmental defense's purely only point is not to sustain its own existence, mm. then they don't really need to have their own like there's all these things that everybody needs to exist. So, uh, marketing department or this right. department or uh, you know finance. There are all these things that businesses have to do that all these charities have to do too. Uh, personnel. Uh, you know, I'm forgetting all my corporate words because yeah. I don't uh, know anything about that. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like there's all these like basic things right, yeah. that they need. They don't all need to have them. Mm. Right, but it's like there's all this overhead, all these things, all these basic sticks you need. Someone who knows about running your numbers, you need a finance department, you need this, you need that. All of the stuff that they all share, and yet their simple existence, like only what ten or fifteen percent. I forget the statistic, but part of the reason why your majority registered as a business and not as a not for profit was because very, very small ten, fifteen percent of your actual uh, revenue can actually go to advocacy. <laughs> which is nuts. Right. Right? That's all I want to do is advocacy, so that's right. why we're doing what we're doing. But to do that, to create a, t- a 10% advocacy, you need 90% all this other stuff. And now, look, that's not, I'm not saying that all goes to overhead, but a good chunk of it does. And there are regulations around, to be fair, I understand that there are regulations around how much money can go to overhead and all that stuff, but even say it's 5%. 5% of every major environmental organization across the country, you pool all that money, what have you got? Right. <laughs> You've got a shit ton of money. Right. Um, and I just think that like all of this stuff is going to think, and that's what people don't like about the idea of giving to charities. So they're like, well, how much of my dollar is actually going to help people? Right. Not realizing that that's not really how you can sort of, that's right. not a really useful way to look at that. But I think there are a lot of things that can be centralized. Not, not centralized as in, I want there to be only one environmental organization or something and this giant bureaucracy. Right. No, but I think there's a way around that. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that all of this money, people spend all of this time and energy, as you said, raising money. And 
such a giant proportion of it goes into things that all of them need to do. So can't there be some sort of hybrid? Can't there be some sort of meeting halfway? Like, yeah. I don't know, maybe it's us, maybe it's not us. I'm not right. sort of, this is, and this is the sense in which I don't mean this as a commercial, was that, yeah. yes, this could be a role that something like the Green Majority or the Green Society yeah. campaign could fulfill, or somebody else. Somebody yeah. wants to take this idea and use it, have at it. Yeah. Uh, it's but it's the idea where like it, we, there, there's got to be some sort of collection of services because we're all all of us in some sense are wasting so much time and money trying to get time and money yeah. to get time and money to get time and money yeah. and and a, a whole bunch of it gets spent on simply getting the next round of right. money yeah. and I just I think it's a, a tremendous waste of resources. Yeah, and what's interesting actually is there's a huge that's is a big part of the states. Uh, one of the things the states has very has it very interesting is they have these groups that are just literally private firms that raise money for charities. Or not private groups necessarily, but their 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 job is like their different funds. Like there's a public there's a public works fund. Uh, a lot of really interesting organizations come out of it. They, the um, one of the more interesting things I find the states is doing, and one of the more interesting groups I've found in the state in the states is uh, an organization called Green Corps, mm-hmm. uh, which is really cool. And what they basically do, what's interesting about them, is you go in, they, they're, and they're, what's interesting, they started out of one of these public funds. I think it's public fund. It, so these, all these public funds are sort of created that were sort of like, we'll raise a bunch of money for all these good organizations and we'll figure this out and then we'll just, for some money. so they, they literally do exactly what you're saying. They, they cover the funding aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, at least part of it and they fund different things and this sort of came out of that it was sort of a and then it became its own thing it sort of pulled itself fully out of it when it got bigger basically um, but the organization basically comes it takes 30-ish of the brightest minds it can find of just out of university um, in the United States mostly they have a couple people who are Canadian that have come down um, but basically it's the United States um, and then they, they they give you one month training, and then they send you to somewhere in the States and be like, solve this environmental problem. Have fun. See you later. Uh, here's some money. Here, yeah, it's not even a lot of money. And, like, and here's, one, here's like one contact organization you're going to be working with. You'll be working with this group in this sort of area. You know? um, and, then, and then just go. And they throw them into it, and, and, sort of, and they pay their, you know, you're paid enough to live off of. Um, and then that's your whole job. Um, and it's interesting sort of that at sort of, what, 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 what the point I was trying to get at was there are some ways to sort of do that kind of public, that kind of funding in that kind of way, um, at least in the states. Not so much in Canada. And mm-hmm. I think that might, maybe that's something that 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 needs to exist in Canada. I, I would love to see a Green Corps Canada or something similar to them. Uh, but we're too, oh, I honestly, I think we're too small. I think that's the issue. Is that you? you where are you going to go? You're not going to go everywhere. You're gonna, everyone's going to go to Alberta and everyone be sitting around Alberta and be like, talking about things. That's it. Um, so I think like I understand why there really isn't one and why they haven't fully succeeded. But I think mm. there's, I think the I, that's something that should be just done. But really, I don't exa- still. I don't exactly know where we're going to take all of this or what we're going to do with this yet. Um, perhaps, well, this is an ongoing conversation. Ongoing so conversation. perhaps an appropriate place to end it is mid thought. Yeah, and we'll pick it up all right. there. There you go. Miles from home, still I hold it down for my folk. Surrounded by nothing but brown skin, nothing but love from the village to the township. My heart feels weak enough to give up. Sometimes tears flow quicker than the river. Smiles get thinner, mouths don't get dinner. And somehow we build houses even bigger. Back home, my homie bought a Cadillac. Out here, that's cash enough to bring the dead back. My belly's empty, and not because it's Ramadan. I simply lost my appetite seeing children star. That's what's really hard. Not your silly bars. Not your grill, not your car, not the pills you pop. Marvin said it, you better know what's going on. And life's a question. Answer when the song ends. Answer when the world ends. Dance
so the earth spins. If the music stops, we'll get planted in the dirt quick. Word is they talking about us. They say we gon'